Well, well first uh, of welcome to you, Earl, and to your wife, Barbara, to the University of Warwick, and congratulations on your, your ordinary degree. Uh, we're very glad you could come here through the snow and get here today. <laughs> and my first question is very obvious one you've been asked so many times before, I'm sure. How did you get into acting as a career? <laughs> oh, well, it's a long story, but uh, yes. Because uh, uh, I, you know, I came to England during the war, and I was in London, I guess, about 18 months. I'd been to India on a ship, because I came to the Merchant Navy, mm. as you might know. Mm. And um, then a friend of mine named Harry Crossman gave me a couple of tickets to see the show, yeah. Chu Tin Chow. Yeah. See, Chu Tin Chow, <laughs> he was on the show Indeed, called yeah. Chu Tin Chow. He gave me a couple <laughs> of tickets. And um, I went to see the show and went backstage to thank him and so on. And of course, I had been in England, as I said, for... I came to England during the war, mm. just after the war started in 1939, and I arrived about six weeks after the war, in mm. October. I had found London a pretty hard place to make a living at that time. You would, <laughs> Because, anyway, first of all, there was, you know, beginning of the war, there was about three, two and a half people unemployed. And, uh, and for a black person to get a job was almost impossible. Mm. I mean, just yeah. about impossible. Yeah. Well, the, my first job I got after about six months of nearly starving to death, to be very honest, I, I it's a dishwasher at Sheriff Cross Hotel. <laughs> I'll tell you all of this because uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, it all please, leads up to please, what happened. Too. So uh, then I went away on a ship, uh, an Egyptian ship, to India for a five months trip. Came back, and of course, then it was easy to get jobs. The boards changed then. I went away in um, August, my birthday, so I got the job on the ship in 19, 1940. And then, um, well, still, there were jobs to be had, hmm. but they're all menial jobs, you know. And in fact, I had no, no qualifications or anything, hmm. so all I could do was that's the best thing I could do, anyhow. So, and I got tired of doing dishwasher's jobs. And, Mm. Kitchen porters and so on, and Harry gave me the tickets. I went to see the show, as I said, went backstage and said, "Thank you very much, Harry, for the tickets." And um, I said, "By the way, uh, there were six black guys in the show. Mm. There was a cast of about sixty people, mm. a musical from the First World War. You might know that. Mm. It was the longest run, the First World War. I didn't this know was, that. Oh, oh yes, yeah. this is the revival oh, at the Palace Theatre, right. around the West End of London." Yeah. So I said, uh, can't you get me in the show? Oh. He's like, come on, Earl. <laughs> it doesn't work like that, you know? <laughs> mm. I was partly joking, yeah. you know. But I saw what these guys were doing, and I thought, well, hell, I could do that. <laughs> so he um, said, uh, no, no, there's no way. You're not even a member of equity. There's no way I can get you in the show. I said, no, I'm only kidding. But I wasn't kidding. I was serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, he, uh, anyhow, uh, about would be about three or four weeks later, mm. I was at the club. Uh, I was hanging about in Water Street, mm. called the Jigs Club. And um, Harry came there and said, Earl, mm. your big chance has come. I said, what are you talking about, Harry? He says, Russell didn't turn up. <laughs> Russell was a friend of mine. I knew them all, anyhow, yeah. all these guys. Yeah. Russell didn't turn up. and. Uh, the director said, get somebody else. <laughs> I said, you're kidding. He said, no, I'm serious. Gosh. So, so one week you're watching a show, next week you are the show. 
So this is Water Street. It's only yeah. about five minutes yeah. walk from yeah. Water Street to, uh, yeah. you know, the Palace Theater yeah. in, in Shastra Avenue, Cambridge Circus. So I said, come on, let's go and meet the director. Hmm. So we went and saw the director, looked up and down. He said, I guess he'll do hell. <laughs> <laughs> And then that I was on stage. Brilliant. <laughs> Within a matter of what? Must have been about 45 minutes, I should think. To take him up to the dressing room, show him what he has to wear, hmm. and put him through his paces and what he has to do, and so on. And as I said, about 45 minutes after that, there's a big gun, boom, <laughs> and, and comes a guy named Abdul Abdullah, Abdullah, mm. he sings, see the oyster stewed in honey, <laughs> and this is from Zanzibar. And on the side of them, two guys, he comes yeah. right down, big guy, and then two guys said, two guys to the back, I'm on the left hand side, <laughs> and we come in on the cars. That's your cue. <laughs> All for our rich Lord Cassie. Who curse Ali Baba? <laughs> that was the lines. And you still know them, sixty years. I didn't old. know a word. <laughs> I'm pressed by sweating out front a lot of all these faces, and I was thinking to myself, "My God, this is terrible." But it's better than washing dishes. <laughs> I'm sure it was. And I thought, "Well, this is it. This is where I belong. Yeah. This is show business," and that's how I got into it. That's certainly where you belong, 60-odd years later. Do you? Absolutely. You're still, you're still doing the job, and you know the line now by the sounds of things. I still remember, yeah. I remember that. I, I could never forget that evening, that, that night, really. No, my, first, my knees were trembling. Oh, my God. It was the most frightening experience, but I was loving it. Yeah. And it wasn't very long after that that, that um, you had your breakthrough acting role in film, The Pool of London was only like 10 years later, 1951. Right. And I've uh, re-watched it recently. And it's astounding that you're essentially one of the two leads. Uh, you know, you're there with a, a plot involving racial prejudice. There's a, there's a diamond robbery. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a girl you're trying to get. There's romance. <laughs> and there are all these people I could see that I recognise. There's James Robertson Justice, who has right. a household name. If you ever wanted a shouty man with a beard, at that period it was James Robertson Justice. Mm -hmm. There's Alfie Bass, there's right. Leslie Phillips. And all these people were or on the way. Yes, they were all household names. Maura Lister, yes. Rennie Asherson. St oh, staggering. Well, yeah. And you were cast above them. How did that feel Your to be? Darling, yeah. you remember all those names? Yeah. Yes. So how did it yeah. feel to be cast above all those people that were household names uh, in your first major first movie? film, I know. It was yeah. such a wonderful part. Yeah. You know, I um, remember I'd be, I was in a show called 13 Death Street, Harlem. Well, a terrible show, which I hated. But <laughs> Paid the bills. <laughs> I was making a living. It was a nice part, straight yeah. enough, but I didn't like the show, and I wasn't happy in it. And the man, Alan Russell, who was the uh, producer of the show, mm. uh, and uh, was doing all the Morrison Stall Empire mm. dates. So it was well booked. Mm. In fact, it was booked on me, uh, strange enough, but although I had, didn't have a name in show business. All right. But I had done a lot of acting then. Sounds like you had a name. But eight, well, <laughs> yeah. in the theater. Yes. But yeah. for films, no. Yes. So I was unhappy in the show. Mm. 
They took me on and said, look, girl, we're losing a lot of money. We lost a lot of money, but if uh, you accept this, I think we'll do better. Mm. It's true of it in two, a couple of weeks. We were doing all the dates around London around that time. And strangely enough, uh, everything worked out fine. Mm. The houses started, they started packing them in. And we went to Alan Russell. Anyhow, he promised to give me more money because I wasn't getting the right money. I hadn't signed a contract with right. You were doing them a favor in the city. Yeah, it was in the theater yeah. of all these states. You know? mm. So then one day while I was in the show, a girl I knew who worked in the film industry, a film company, I just phoned up to say hello and so on. She said, by the way, Ely Studios is doing a film called uh, Burnable Just Fly, mm. uh, which is going to Africa. And so why don't you phone up this casting director, Margaret Hopper Nelson, and tell her, you know, tell mm. her, ask her, is there any part for you mm. there? I said, no, I can't be bothered. <laughs> so she says, come on, why don't you? What are you going to lose? <laughs> I said, okay, well, never mind. I've been knocking on the door film for some yeah. time, so. so thought, you got disenchanted with Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I, I took the bull by the horns. Decided to phone Mar Margaret Hopper Nelson mm. at Ealing Studios. And she um, said, yes, we are doing a film. Reynolds Walters Fly, but that's not until November. This was in mm. May. I said, but uh, we've seen your picture in Spotlight. Mm. And uh, we were thinking that, look, would you like to see the director this afternoon? Basil Dearden, down at um, Denham Studios. Great. He was sending the music to the film with Gene Simmons at that An time. An enormous name himself, Dearden, yeah. yes. Dan, well, the Denham Studios was still... And they stopped making films there, but they're using the facilities. Indeed, for, yes. Yeah. So I went to see him, and um, we had a chat. He looked up and down. He said, oh, I, I took some notices that I had mm. from the papers yeah. with me. Just, the reviews. Yeah. yeah. And he looked at reviews, and he looked at them. He said, they're not bad, not bad. <laughs> and uh, he said, Guy Verney. Madam Guy Burney, who had the cut up theatre, I'd worked there, the repertory theatre there, and so he said, I'll phone up Guy Burney this evening and see what he thinks of your acting. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, and so we, we had a chat. And uh, then he said, By the way, Earl, uh, how old are you? I said, 26. Mm -hmm. I was 32 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, tisk tisk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, he said, uh, oh, well, uh, you look a bit old for the part. I don't, he told me about the story first, so he made that mistake. If he yeah, hadn't, I would have uh, said 32, yeah, but I knew it was a younger was, character. Young than Johnny he, or whatever yeah. it was. So then he, he said, well, uh, okay. Uh, uh, I said, well, maybe it's my mustache. He said, would you, like this, uh, would you be willing to... Um, so you had a mustache at the time, did you? I said, ah. right now, if you like. <laughs> Anyhow, he said, well, I'll tell you, uh, what time do you go to the theater? I tell him I was in this show yeah. in 13 West Street, Harlem. And I was at Walthamstow, that protected that night at um, Empire Theater of Walthamstow. He said, I'll get the script to you. What time do you go to the I said, like, by 5 o'clock I leave home hmm. to get up to Walthamstow by bus. He said, well, I'll get the script to you in time. And true enough, just about 20 minutes before I left to get on the bus, the script arrived, 
And I go to the bus, read it, Johnny, 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 Johnny. Oh my God, this can't be true. Mm. What a part. And I said, well, this I've got to get. That's a staggeringly good part. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. However, it would happen when we arrived in the studio. I got my first call. Go and have a test. And I was terrible on the test, to be very honest. Mm. Mainly because I had been doing about eight years of theater. Oh, that's a different skill set. Yeah. Yes, and I would, it was a scene mm. on London Bridge mm. late at night. I don't remember the I do, yes. Yeah. I watched it recently. Right. And um, I have a situation in the dance hall, if you remember mm. from that. Yes. And I was a bit, the girl was very rude mm. and very racist. Indeed. So I was angry and. Mm. And didn't want Kicking to talk, the can yeah. and all that. Yeah, so yeah. I said to Susan Shaw, the player, the, I said, Yes, something like this happened the first time I met Danny. <laughs> and Basil said, Earl, the mic is right here. <laughs> <laughs> the camera's there. It's late at night, about 12 o'clock. It's very quiet, so keep it down, keep it down. So I said, Okay. Had another take. Yeah, first time I met his uh, Earl, bring it down, down. You're down. still projecting for the yes, stage. Exactly. Because yeah. mm. I'd be used to projecting, mm. as you say, mm. on the stage. So uh, for twice I would, I couldn't get it right. Mm. And then I uh, went back, um, left the studio that day, and I thought, oh my God, I know I could have done this. Mm. Feeling very annoyed with myself. However, luckily enough, I, had to test, I tested all the other five girls. Mm. Well, to cut it short, when I got to the fifth girl, no, the third girl, mm. the third time, I had it. Yeah. Something like this happened the first time I met Danny. That's quiet, that's mm. quiet. <laughs> and that's what they wanted. Since yeah. then, <laughs> I've never had to worry in front of the camera. I, you know, it just came. That was just a moment of sexual style. Yes. Yeah. According to the scene, sometimes yes. you have to be shouting and screaming. Mm. But these intimate scenes, I love them. And anyhow, I got the part. Right. So losing your mustache and learning not to project, that was it from then on in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You probably had to change your picture in spotlight, I imagine, as well. <laughs> yes, of course, yeah. So the. You mentioned earlier about how tough it was as a young black man arriving in London. And many people now say that you were one of the, the trailblazers in acting and that you helped break the colour bar. Uh, that sort of stopped black people actually having major roles you know, on, in TV and, and films. Were you conscious of that at the time? Or was that something that you realised in hindsight was happening around you, that you were trailblazing something for you know, fellow black actors and actresses? No, I wasn't conscious of that, no, mm. no. It was just that I was an actor. Mm. As I said, I'd been acting from 1941. Mm. I'd been the theatre, let's mm. say. And um, parts came up. I was lucky. Pool of London was a wonderful thing for me because from there on I became the mm. actor, black actor. Then there's a mean? wonderful part. I would be the, by the first person to think about it. <laughs> so it was unfortunate. But mm. I wasn't conscious of it in that mm. sense, mm. Uh, from the race point of view, you know. Indeed. I was just making a living. I'm um, very honest to tell you the truth. I, after Pool of London, mm. 
did such a wonderful part, I was conscious of one thing, that had I been white, with such a wonderful part, such good notices from the mm. critics, because I stole all the notices, mm. I would have fallen into one film after the other. But it still took six months before I got the next film, believe still it or not. Ridiculous, yes. I mean, we're the emergency call mm. was a film called Emergency Call. That was call. the next. next there was the next film after that. Because we were hearing earlier from uh, Professor Brunston, who gave you oration earlier, uh, pointed out that on the actual poster, you were one of the top two actors in this film, and on the actual poster advertising it, your picture wasn't there. All the white people were there, but they didn't have your picture on the poster. I know. Well, staggering. Well, yeah. Right. yeah. But, but I think you did. Uh, uh, Break the Color Bar helped do it. I think you did trailblaze for many other um, young uh, black actors. I think that's clear now. Um, and you say that to talk about some of your other bigger movies, one that many people would have seen uh, is we've just gone through the 50th anniversary of James Bond in the last year. And of course, you had a significant part in that, and you were James Bond's assistant pinder in Thunderball. Thunderball, yeah. 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 Have you any particular memories of that, of that time? Oh, it is a delightful memories because, uh, well, from an acting point of view, it wasn't a heavy role. Mm. It was a piece of cake, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had, um, what, five, six, uh, six weeks. Mm. Six weeks down in Nassau. Mm. So, well, and, uh, you so know, a holiday as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, a holiday with pay. <laughs> so I was uh, on the beach most of the time, ah. you know, relaxing. Mm. And uh, when the second assistant would come and say, Earl, I think we're going to get to you. <laughs> I'd say, oh, shit. Take <laughs> your time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but of course, it was like that. Yeah, wonderful. You know, wonderful. So it was a delightful location, the most, uh, I would say, the most um, luxurious. Mm. Um, uh, luxurious. Mm. They looked after you all in the Bond set, yeah. basically, did they? Yes, yes so, of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, it was the fourth Bond picture. Mm. And, of course, now James Bond was the thing. You yes. know, to be on a Bond picture, especially in a glamorous place like <laughs> Nassau. <laughs> we were having parties. The, the director, Cubby Broccoli and Taron yeah. Jones, yeah. had to say, uh, you know, put a stop to this because they were throwing so many parties for the cup for the you know parting for, too hard where you are for the unit for, for. <laughs> oh dear so he said look we're here to make a film <laughs> let's get on with it you know uh, and a great film too yeah yeah it was, it was one yeah. of the best yes yeah no it's the one that most people turn to well I, I like Connery's my favorite Bond so I'm bound to like those movies but and turning to somebody that turned down the role of James Bond uh, Patrick McGowan yeah. Of course, as you know, I'm a great prisoner fan. That's how yeah. I first first met you. Uh, you spent a lot of time with McGowan in uh, Danger Man episodes, and yeah. then he brought you back onto one episode of The Prisoner, one of my favourite TV series of all time. But Patrick McGowan, it, many people say, wasn't the easiest man to work with as an actor, as a director, particularly if you were a woman. But uh, what was your experience for, for working with Patrick? Well, first of all, I'd worked with Patrick McGowan in the theatre. You had. I, you I had. mentioned that. That's then. right, yes. I mentioned it in the Midland Theatre, mm. so in Deep of the Roots, mm. the play that I did so much of. So I knew him fairly well. Mm. And uh, I got on quite well with him, but he was one of these people. He didn't talk much. Mm. He, I mean, he's a good actor, a wonderful actor to work with. And um, we knew each other, so to speak, yes. you know, two actors. But I, I found him, and like most people, 
strange guy, uh, very much into himself. Mm. I learned afterwards that he was a heavy drinker. Now, he was at that time. Yeah, I believe so. Mm. That that was part of it, mm. I guess. And a perfectionist as well. Yeah. Oh, yes, and a perfectionist mm. indeed. Mm. And a damn good actor. Mm. But you know, I don't know if you know about this. He um, went to see Salzman. Mm. Well, he went to see Harry Cross. Um, Harry Salzman, mm. Kobe Bradley, Terence Young. Mm. I went to see them myself because mm. it was a part of Charles in the first film, mm. Doctor No, yes. our very first film. It was um, Salzman thought I wasn't right for the part. Right. Broccoli, I'd worked in three films of Broccoli, mm. uh, out in Africa, mm. and Terence Young, a film called Safari, also mm. with Terence Young. And Broccoli wanted me very much for it. Hmm. And so did Terence Young, but Salzman wouldn't give way at all. Oh, so you could have been in Bond even earlier then. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I would have been. Yeah, but it turned out better hmm. because when Thunderball came up, hmm. if I had been in Doctor No, you I could have been. Yeah. I, I doubt if they'll be used again in yeah. Thunderball. So that was fine, anyhow. But around that time, uh, <clears throat> this Doctor No, they'd seen Patrick McGowan. Hmm. And I believe, as I've heard, mm. that Saltzman, who was a very strange man, mm. he wasn't easy to get on with, mm. he told Saltzman to go to hell <laughs> or something. Like that. Now, he was a big man then, he a was, danger yes. man. Yeah. He was the obvious choice for yes. yeah. But that two words mm. costed many millions of dollars. <laughs> Because you know what Indeed. happened to Sean Connery. Indeed, yes. And uh, and the, uh, and also the very day that I uh, met with Salzman and basically mm. mm. Salzman said I, I don't think you're right for the part, mm. so I didn't get it. And mm. I came, when I came down, I met with Sean, who I knew quite well, mm. and I said I believe you're going to be in this film. Mm. He said I I don't know. <laughs> so. Uh, he said, they won't, they won't make up their minds. This is about the third time I'm going to see them again. Hmm. So they, they, we met just then. He went to see them again for the third time, as he said. And a few days later, I read that he was signed He's got the, the part. part. Yeah. So they were, they were keeping Sean Connery on tender hooks, and McGoon had actually personally rejected the role. Exactly, of more or less. Yes. Well, was, of course, McGoon was a very strong Catholic at the time, and he was married to Joan Drummond, and the, the belief is... He didn't like all the sex and violence in the James Bond, and it, no, that, uh, that he wouldn't do roles involving that. And he, no, he yeah. wouldn't have been able to. No, no, they, no. that's right. That's he, probably he, he wouldn't kiss any kiss any women. He, indeed, in a prisoner, every every kissing scene was removed in the prisoner. That uh, anything that was written in the prisoner saying kiss somebody was basically removed or reshot in a different way. So that's probably why he used those words to Saltzman because that's how he was rejecting right. the role. Um, well, so, a, bit, a bit of a contradiction, though, don't you think? If, if he was a heavy drinker. And a strong Catholic, do they go together? People are or funny not? things. <laughs> <laughs> People are a whole bunch of contradictions, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> and as you said, you're a great actor, and he made some great TV, which uh, which uh, I love, and obviously you, you you liked his work as well. So, but yeah, everybody's a bunch of contradictions. Absolutely, yeah. I have a no end of contradictions. <laughs> the, uh, sort of moving, taking the prisoner further, in a sense. By accident, almost, you've seemed to have accumulated a whole bunch of, of science fiction, fantasy, you know, sort of genre work. You've done The Prisoner, you've done Doctor Who, episodes which are now lost, you know, that you're still yeah. trying to find. Never were, 
the Andromeda breakthrough, Inception. So you're probably getting a lot of attention, I would have thought, from science fiction genre fans. How do, how do you find that attention? Is it um, unusual, considering you've got a, a vast body of other work, and that you get the attention for all of this science fiction work, which was just a job at the time, I guess? Yes, well, I know, it's just <laughs> by accident I got these sort of parts, but mm. uh, I know nothing about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Science fiction? No, no, I'm afraid not. No? No, no, I'm no. not into that at all. No, but you've yeah. been to prisoner conventions, obviously, prisoner events, and uh, the fans have brought you along. But, and you had two lines in the prisoner, and, and that was it, but you made such an impression. Uh, yeah, that, I know, that, I know. We've we bothered uh, We've been up to, uh, to Port Marion. Port Marion mm. uh, a couple of times mm. and signed, and, yeah. and, you know, and they called me. So I don't know why, but such an impression I made on that, yet you see, there's a small part. Small part, but a great actor and a great show, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's, nobody understands it. <laughs> Frederick McGuinn, I don't think he understood it either. He, no. got, he could have got lost a lot somewhere. Yes, well, it, it, he wanted to say everything he wanted to say about life, the universe, and everything, particularly in the last episodes. And he was, as you put it earlier, somewhat tired and emotional in the last two episodes, which he wrote so... Particularly the last one, Fallout, is a bit confusing, but yeah. um, many people have read lots of things into it. Um, but talking about great actors, uh, yourself had a great role. You, of course, it's not just are not just being recognised today at the University of Warwick. Uh, you've just come back from Bermuda, where you've been recognised by uh, your home country, who've named their national theatre after you. Is that right? How did That's that? Correct, how did yeah. that go? Well, I've been extremely well. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. we had. Uh, uh, <coughs> the the the, the uh, governor mm. turned out and the prime minister, right. the mayor of course, yeah. of Hamilton, mm. was at the um, the city hall mm. theater, mm. the main theater in Bermuda, mm. and it was quite a prestigious event. Mm. And it went extremely well, I'd say. Mm. And then, of course, we spent Bob and I spent a further three weeks down there. Mm. And I um, thought, well, since they have considered me to be a bit of a uh, role model, if you like, mm. from Bermuda. You are. Um, well, well, I suppose so. I've been in the amount of films I've been in, mm. and no other Bermuda has ever done that. No. So I um, decided I offered to uh, go to mm. about five schools. I had kids oh, give talks and so on. Uh -huh and met with the students and so, you know. And it was all together, I think, it was a very successful okay. three weeks we spent down there. Right. You've got to be Bermuda's most famous son, certainly. I would have thought so, and that's, that's clearly why they named a the theatre after you. Had you ever performed at that theatre, ever been in that theatre? Yes, I did a play called Galileo. Oh, you know, Galileo, oh, right. Virtual Brax, yes, Galileo, right. did that 1970, I think it was. Right. 1970, yes. Excellent, good. But it, you know, uh, Which Mike role did Lee, you have? Mike did Lee directed it. Yes. You know Mike yeah. Lee. Oh, you did, but Mike Lee as well. It's yeah, an well, name. before his film career. Right. Yeah, before he got into films. Gosh. He was at Stratford Theatre yeah. for some time. What role did you have in the, in the Galileo? I played Galileo. You played Galileo? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Brilliant. It was a wonderful thing for Bermuda because Bermuda uh, has had traditionally, now it's changed, but traditionally they, they it was always a Fairly strong color bar, maybe to believe it or not. And Bermuda as well. Oh right. yes, oh right. definitely. But I grew up, you know, they had uh, segregated schools. Right. Even in the, the 
one or two churches, yeah. uh, traditional churches Church? like Pembroke Church and so on. They, they would have special seats for black people. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous, <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, the world has come on very far yeah. since then. But, uh, and, uh, you know, close to America. I guess, yeah. You know, southern states and yeah. all of that. So they had that sort of mentality. And so this is the environment I grew up in. Mm. And so um, Edith uh, Galileo, it was the first time Bermuda could say that they had a, a mixed cast. <laughs> wonderful. And casting me as Galileo was a wonderful thing. So that uh, a feather in my cap because he, he brought the play down there. Yeah. I, I was I supposed to do Othello that. first. Yeah. And then they... Um, they decided uh, Robin Richmond, who was the director, went on yeah. cast the play, and he met with a lot of infighting with the actors <laughs> and so right. on. I see. <laughs> Local actors. So I got uh, a bit delayed then. <laughs> they said he didn't want any part of it, so right. he, he dropped it. And so I went down, and they said, well, I don't think we're going to be able to do uh, Othello, but is there anybody you'd like to recommend to mm. come down and get us out of this trouble because there was a festival mm. taking place and they had uh, had a place for the for, for a play. Mm. And I, so I suggested Mike Lee who I'd met only once. Mm. And so he came and he brought Galileo down with him. They got mm. in touch with him and he came in. And when I looked at the script, he's, it, it's a very long, I don't even know the play, but... I it, do, yeah, oh, it still it moves. It goes on forever, <laughs> yes. about over four hours. Yes. And he wouldn't cut it. He wouldn't cut the play. <laughs> Probably wasn't allowed to by Brecht. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. And my lines were like that, you know. They're huge. So I couldn't learn it in that short time. Yeah. About, I had about four or five weeks to learn all mm. those lines, and yeah. it was impossible. Yeah. So I don't think I was very good in it. I mean, I got through it. Yeah. I got through it, I mean. I would have liked to have seen you to play Galileo. It would have been marvellous, yeah. Well, it was, it was a good thing for Bermuda. Yes. Because we had a nice mixed cast. Yes. At that time, Bermuda was still a, a place with... Uh, well, clearly you were breaking the colour bar not just in the UK, but back in your home Bermuda's one, which uh, I didn't realise. Yeah, so, well, right. That, that was an that, issue, that, yeah. yeah. Now, of course, all that's finished. That's gone now, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so, so far I've asked you about the film and TV roles that have interested me. But you've appeared in so much more, as I'm discovering now, just in film and TV. You've even done Jack and Nori, which I remember watching as a child. Yeah. I remember seeing your, your, your contribution, which was Br'er Rabbit, I think. Uh, you've been alongside Heron Millerin in The Queen. You've been uh, the painter in that. You've worked alongside Nicole Kidman and Sean Penn in The Interpreter. Are there any of the and roles? And Sidney Pollock. And Sidney Pollock, yes. Yeah. It's a stunning range of people you, you, you've worked alongside. Are there any of the roles that we haven't talked about yet that have been particularly special to you that you want to talk about? Or? Uh, well, I, I would like to mention uh, Guns of Potassi. Oh, the Guns of Potassi, yes. A nice role, yes. I, I enjoyed it very yes. much. I enjoyed working with Richard right. Edinburgh, who right. was such a professional man. Mm. And Jack Hawkins and a lot of well-known good actors. Right. In it. So that was a nice experience. Perfect. And then... Um, Simba was a good oh, film. Oh, Simba, right. Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. No, that's trying to that shot out in Kenya and Africa. Right. Well, we didn't go out in Af to Africa. Right. Now they'd be in... You were on the stage and sort of bored of mood where you were. <laughs> it was all done in the studio. Yeah. Panama Studios. Right. But that was a very good, good part, a lovely yeah. part. Oh, great. That's and one of the few things of yours I haven't seen yet. I must try and 
find it and, and watch it. Yeah, yeah. send if you can get it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure other people can get it. Oh, sure, yeah. Flame in the Street. Oh, Flame in the Street. Yes. That was a good film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Could you mention Sapphire? Indeed, and yeah. Sapphire, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're all great roles. And last question, uh, which we're asking of all of our honorary graduates uh, over this week, uh, is there anything you would like to say to the Warwick students who have been graduating alongside you today? All I can say to any actor, anyone who desires to be an mm. actor, mm. get into this crazy profession, <laughs> to stay with it, persevere, you know, don't give up, because it's a tough life. The rejection is the hardest thing for mm. one to take, and uh, that is something you have to get used to, because the trouble is, I don't care how well-known you become, how great an actor you are, you're going to be rejected for one reason or another. And a lot of students come out, can't take that. They're often not just rejected by the director, but also mm. from agents. Finding an agent in this time, it's very difficult, because there's always at least 90% of actors mm. unemployed, as you might know. So starting to cope with rejection, which applies to so much in these hard economic times, I guess. It's, uh, so rejection, you've just got to get through it and cope with it, basically. You cope with it one way or another. Yeah. It's just to say it's the hell with them, too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for your, your time, Earl, and thank you, Barbara. And the, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks once again. Thank you. Thank you indeed.